Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Yeah, if you're here, you're here for Tommy Pico and Sasha Smith. Sasha's going to read first. Then we will not take a break, but we'll all just sort of collectively take a breath in and out. And then I'll introduce uh, Tommy. Marcella Duran is going to introduce Sasha, who's one of our Emerge Surface B fellows at, at The Poetry Project. Um, yeah. Um, and for now, I will turn it over to Marcella Durant. Please welcome her. Thank you, Judah, and thank you, Poetry Project, for um, engaging Sasha. I'm so delighted to be introducing her tonight. Um, I was her mentor, mentor, mentee, <laughs> mentos. <laughs> um, Although, as usual in these kind of programs, um, being a mentor, I, I ended up probably learning more from her than her from me, which is always a sign of, I think, a successful mentorship. Um, to choose Sasha, I read through close to 50 applications and just knew as soon as I read her work that I wanted to work with her. Um, she had some poems in the application, including a small pistol for a small child and slave catchers, some of which she may read tonight. But she also wrote about a project um, to do a history of the Bronx that sounded just really exciting to me, wide-ranging and ambitious, and um, a lot like Ed Roberson's work, whose work I really love, and the way he builds the history of places and cities through the people who have inhabited them and built them. But then as we started working together, um, she started to tell me about a new project, an epic poem of Mount Everest, um, which we have worked together on, and I've, I've really had the honor to see starting to be shaped together with this um, amazing investigation of geological, geographical, historical, cultural uh, people origins and how that all comes together in the manifestation of this monument that is just there. And I think this poem is going to be really <laughs> wonderfully just there, but with this incredible work underlying it. So um, I'll read some biographical details. Um, Sasha is currently attending NYU School of Professional Studies, but she is, will be attending this fall Cornell's extremely selective um, MFA program, which is wonderful. So. And she also uh, runs the Bronx Blacklist, which is a community organization that hosts and promotes local artistic events, including an open mic series located at the Port Morris Distillery, um, which is a Puerto Rican moonshine distillery in the South Bronx. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Sasha when the weather turns better, uh, taking me on a tour around this area. And she writes a blog at stesseract.com, um, and you can hear her do more readings after night and read her poems. And um, so I'm just really excited that, to see where Sasha's going to go in forming sound and sense and history and everything underlying the vast possibilities of language. So please join me in welcoming Sasha Smith tonight. Uh, thank you. That was great. Sounds better than how I actually am. Um, so a lot of the stuff I'm reading is where's a lot of uh, that's in the application, and I'm also reading from the Mount Everest, so that was a great overall. The first poem. A small pistol for a small child. A bash, a blush, a black grip clutched, a cluck, a click, a trigger twitching, a cut, a bruise, small fists clinging to pulp, a blip, swollen fingers crunched. Johnny shot mommy in the back. Mommy taught Johnny how to shoot. Daddy taught Johnny to aim high. Johnny aimed high. The cylinder rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled until it settled on the spine of the barrel where the stock pin and the stain screw and the main spring and the stirrup pin and the stirrup and the stirrup stud and the bolt plunger spring and the bolt plunger and the hammer block and the bolt and the hammer and the rebound slide pin and the hammer stud and the sear spring and the sear pin and the sear and the hammer nose spring and the hammer nose rivet and the hammer nose shook, shook, shh, shook quiet while the blood cooled, 
while the skin turned red, then white, then blue, it shh. So the wrist twisted, so the fingers jammed, so they bent and slammed. Power, power, quite contrary. Johnny mooed and mewled until the spine cracked uneven, until it snapped, smashed and crumbled, lodged in the fluid of its drivel, a stone, a pebble, a coiled stud, a bullet of gold or of rock, of metal, of dirt, of ore, until the beast in its core wilted. A bash, a blush, a black grip clutched, a cluck, a click, a trigger twitching, a cut, a bruise, small fists clinging to pulp, a blip, swollen fingers crunched. Does a center spring pin spin? Does it pick from preset alignments and fail to stutter, fail to clutter except for fragments, flunked out shrapnel debris? Does it pick its victims? Does it stick its face in spaces or pick its prey in places, stick its tongue out and flick, lick the walls clean, suck the powder off until the barren barrel quivers? Or do the fingers squeeze? Do the chubby hands tease out an angle keen enough to kiss the spine? Or did it shake? Or did it take itself out of the equation, close its eyes and wish that kiss? Johnny remembers blood. Daddy remembers limpness more, remembers the way mommy laid flaccid. Loud, wilting like orchids, now dead from the neck down, mommy smiles still. Johnny feels small bones in his knuckles creak and slide like brittle sand against familiar, dry, harsh hushes. <clears throat> the next poem is Slave Catchers. This is why you must run from the slave catchers, boy. Brother, look at their lot. Chain shaku rope clipped on skin, snagged on scabs, meat where blood is rust, where blood is chipped flakes, is burgundy mercury, is embossed prints of smears of streaks. At either sides, the chase is here, is of a mind of current violence, of previous torment, a slanted grooved iron out of misery, no contempt, no self-loathing, a system installed into the senses. Who is running like weak, bright-eyed doe, like wolf wet with blood, like hounds and their digging knives, like horses, like men on their horses, like beasts in the men on their horses, and whose noose? And of that, whose rope built that noose? Who twisted fine threads, tender sinews into the wrapping thing? And of the chains, why loose? Why loud? Why a rustling aftermath, an effect of brokenness? Why a reminder, the dead ask? Why was one needed? For us. The shackles, or then the shackles of ore, or the metal bolts, chains of cluttered clunks are embedded, all embedded into wrists, each imprinted. Each are handcuffs, cuffing hands, wrists until flesh twists, peels, is repealed. Why this? The hunted realize the hunt is beasts in bodies on beasts, calling bodies beasts. The rabbits are jumping, hopping, look spotted, white tailed look. The dare are leaping, sprinting, look skipping, and we know he, his feet, the soles of his feet. Look how red and raw they are. Look how like meat they are, soft and smell spoiled. Boy, run. If turned a fugitive, then run. Then never stop. Let the dirt cover blisters. Let it cover the poked, plucked pools of dead skin pinched over. If a runaway, then do not hesitate. Not at forests, not at rivers, not at ponds. Cool the feet there, but walk anyway. Then swim anyway. Then dive anyway. Then drown anyway. If the slave catchers, if the slave patrol catches you, you must hold your breath and choke anyway. Choke on the taste of the air of forts, of castles you were chained to. Choke on the smell of slave ships, of the salty water freshly springing, splashing up, up, up. 
throwing up, choke, choke on the mud pit, cement prison, then choke on the busy sounds of slave quarters, humming, chattering, choke on cesspools of others and you, and other and another you, and others unlike you, looped in, clumped into the whole of the continent, Africa. Choke on the sounds of the quarters that turn to free neighborhoods, that turn to shanty towns, to urban blocks, that turn to slums, that turn to ghettos, that turn to minefields of mines fielding patrols. Choke, choke on the taste of lead. Choke, choke, choke on the sifting shift of asbestos knocked clean, knocked straight, cut from uncared for walls. Choke, choke on the burden of what is no longer a plantation field, but society. Run or choke. Run or choke. Run or choke. Run and choke. The next poem is Leaving. Uh, it's inspired from a Toni Morrison class I had last semester. <clears throat> you are leaving. You are a generation of leaving. You are a people of leaving. You are a black boy leaving. You are a black boy snatched. You are dragged down dirt, down dust, down the shells of boats, down sea, down ocean, down underwater, leaving. You are a black boy pulled out black wombs. You are black wombs pulled out black women. You are black women pulled from black men. You are black men pushed back into black wombs. You are black wombs pushed back into black women. You are black women pushed back nowhere. You are of the seeds of leaving, of the roots, the stems still stuck in dirt, that's freedom. The dirt is still stuck in you. You are leaving. You are a generation of leaving. You are a people of leaving. You are Christian, not Christian, black babies crying. You are suckling strange nipples, weeping into strange breasts. You are confusing mothering with mother. You are confusing mother with home. You are some new named Bambi baby, some fat-lipped yellow-skinned heathen baby, some blue-black leather-fleshed evil baby, some mocha brown churned under sky tan baby, some sweet, sweet sugar dirt sweet baby. You are somebody's baby, baby somebody forgot you. Somebody dumped you into the sea. Somebody left you on the beachside. Somebody wrapped you in wool sheets and hung you up on a tree. Somebody didn't come back for you. Somebody left you. Or you left somebody. You left all bodies abandoned. You left all bodies abandoned. You are leaving. You are a generation of leaving. You are a people of leaving. You forgot you. You left you behind like trash, like black, black trash, like soreness, like soul drenched in sores trash, like you ain't got no history, no story, no past, no family, no ancestor. You are black bodies leaving ships. You are black bodies tripping in fat grease. You are black bodies behind gates. You are black bodies on podiums. You are black bodies at auction. You are black man, black woman, sturdy like ox, strong, tall. You are good for bearing. You are good for bearing. You are good for breeding. You are good for work. There is coal burning in you. You are good for work. You are open arms reaching. You are both the baby pulled away from mother and the mother pulled away from baby. You are shacks of crying orphans. You are barren mammy mixing food with misplaced love together, together dipping the bread into the mix and soaking, sopping it up like there is no other hunger but motherhood. You are black men passing. You are black men breeding. You are black men trekking to black women. You are owning the black bodies at night, sweating between black thighs, calling them home. You are taking the souls of black bodies between lips, between teeth. You are taking, you are swallowing the souls. You are accepting the orphan into your womb. You are leaving. 
yourself in yourself. You are both selves leaving themselves. You are travelers traveling between plantations, planting seeds. You are watching seeds swell. You are watching stems grow. You are watching the leaving of your seeds, the taking of your fruits. You are black fathers, black mothers with no black children. You are black boys, black girls with no black roots. You are rootless, you are fruitless. Your milk is sitting spoiled in your breasts. You are spoiled milk. You are the fermentation of loss. You are leaving. You are a generation of leaving. You are a people of leaving. You are missing. You are missing black fathers. You are missing black daughters. You are missing black sons. You got hung, you got hung, you got wrung down to alabaster bone. We are still missing you. We are still missing you. We are waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been missing you. We got milk for you. We got food to feed you. We got songs to sing to you. We got hungs to give you. We got your soul back ready for you. We got your mama waiting for you. We got your daddy calling you. We got your baby looking just like you, smiling just like you, crying just like you, missing you just like you miss you. We lost you by the railroad. We lost you by the road. We lost you in the field. We lost you in war. We lost you on the run. We lost you on the ship. We left you. We left the villages in chains. We left you in the village to be taken. We left home on boats. We dragged you into cages, then packed you in boxes. We left babies with the dead. We left babies when told. We left women to work the field. We left the field. We left home. We left families. You are a people of leaving. You are a generation of leaving. You are leaving. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> the rest are the Mount Everest poems. Part one of Climbers. Straddling top, top. It is not remarkable that Chen died. The traffic jam, the six bodies, the search. I say thank you for telling me that Chen died. Down the mountain he went. 30 feet below, 400 above. Another hump, hump of rock and ice and Sherpas who smile into snow-crusted beards. They call them the icefall doctors. They are paid for everything for the ladders laid over gaps, for the rods with the rope, for the trails. If it echoes, the ice will give way. If it echoes, do I run? There are icefall doctors in the icefalls frozen, folded into glacial gaps, underfoot crackling, loud like trees popping out of place. Staring down steep, steep, ice straight down, there is a static rope to hang me a tether with tension ready to fling me, a neon noose. The both of us shattered, the ice and I, eyes rising and such, the shattered between us are marked by anchors, mocked by pickets, stabbed and twisted, screwed into ice. The slopes are filled with dreams or dreamers stuck in corpses or dreamy scenic frames or no dream at all. The Englishman and the Indian are both dead. So now we inspect, compare frost-nipped fingers to incipient frost-bitten toes. The cold chops, chops, I'm fucked. Then takes bare structures, frozen flesh, frozen black on the inside, frozen pink-white tendon until the whisper out is half-hot breath, half-chilled frost, and the blood crystal to veins. Pull the sleeping bag over, and bite the wind, or take the wind's bite and swoon. Once you recover, the bits will melt away, the larynx will shake free, and on and on to the next camp until the radio breaks. So, Chen is dead. Part two. <clears throat> 
Mountain madness, the people who don't climb mountains, is the inhale, exhale, the right foot, then left, the whistling suction of empty lungs, filling, spilling over, burning trails from chest to biceps, thighs to throat, not the rush, not thrill. What I was doing was recognizing the seriousness of purpose. Halfway up, side to side, jammed, slamming ice axe to ice, a sixth, a seventh, an eighth time, I pause, wait, wait. At camp, I chop ice, axe to ice, rusted metal to old mountain until old mountain gives way or packed snow can be pocketed, bagged in packages, melted to purified water, bottled and boiled and stewed. More, more. Four breaths, four heaves, three grunts and a swallow, burned chest, singed muscles, a lift and a fall, then a crash and a sweep, then slashed and then ice. It is dry everywhere and everywhere is filled with water and everywhere is mounted in rock until snow creeps up our boots, swallows our knees, bites into our thighs and warms the fat in our hips with a chilled kiss and promise of sleep. Even the water welled in our eyes, freeze, capture us in mid blink, sticks lid to mucus, holds mucus until hard, makes hardness sound like ripping, rips lashes till they transplant, hum and vibrate from shut to spastic to desperate then free. The canyon fills with cloud, the mist and fog return. Fluid pushes the brain, rushes up and touches every bent angle of cartilage bone. With no warning, little fuss, until it wakes a day late, drunk, inversely flipped from the harness and the buckle down. <clears throat> the mountain calls upon George Mallory, the collective voice. Mon Dieu, Mon Dieu, Mon Dieu, George Mallory, drift. Looking at you, the sun-bleached skin tumbles, tight-lipped, reaches, taut corners, limbs cloth, stripped, descends, descends, did it ever ascend? Was it always broken, white, tattered, stripped, gouged, cracked, jerked? Did it ever ascend? Have you conquered it? If you do not reach the bottom, George Mallory, have you conquered it? Have you conquered the mountain? Or have you half conquered the mountain? Have you kissed the summit, left the kiss on the summit? Have you tumbled down sun's bed of white? Have you turned to eye white from sun's kiss back? George Mallory does not answer. He is too busy tumbling. Can you vanquish the mountain? The mountain, the monster. The beast sits, slaps sharp edges against whipping wind and rope, sharpens edges on bone, on crampon, on white sheets of spit turned sleep beneath nostrils, ice pillars glued shut to cartilage. It thaws out when flesh thaws out, when white and brown and black ripens, sags, loosens, grabs pebble fingers until skull and bones become rock fragment tombs. The beast, the monster, the mountain, or is the enemy the self? Or is it the mountain? Or is it the monster? Is the enemy the self the monster? Why climb the mountain Everest? He answers, because it is there. Those who conquer, who vanquish, whose cheeks lifeless white turn rose red blush, whose feet wobble, crumble, creak by metal, by wool, whose skin sears off by fine friction ridges at fingers, whose skin swallows indents of bruised meat bashed, blue, black, dead. When asked, have they vanquished an enemy? They answer, foe-mouthed, blind, throat still struck, still thawing, none.
but ourselves. The mountain shrieks, fits its fat lips on corner crevices of ice rock, tilts over, teasing until the bottom of the valley croaks back, the collective voice. In bundles of bones, tied in twists of rope, knotted in red-green to turquoise jacket shrapnel, a portrait tainted by blue kissing lips, folded, unfolded, folded back to rest back against chest. Decades later, when she who knows and who does not know, who wishes, who no longer believes in wishes, when she answers, she will mourn as if his corpse bundle was still fresh, still smelling of his cheap cigar. The mountain bellows, draws out its risky horn, mumbles the entire sound of feet crunching beneath avalanches, silent, it uncoils itself, as self becomes rigid planks, dies frozen in a peel, in a strip, and falls, into gaps, into the valley of multicolored cadavers, a mixed heap of miscreants in a flesh cloth trash grave. Snow tramples bodies beneath, pushes bodies into gaps, into Rainbow Valley. The mountain bellows, the collective voice. Blue left glove, blue goggles, Red hems, green jackets, pink jackets, green shirts, green shirts, red tags, orange pants, blue pickaxe, black gloves, blue ropes, yellow briefs, red, black, red, black, red, green, socks, red, socks, red, yellow pants, left glove, blue, green boots, red jacket, pink, orange, red jacket, red jacket, yellow rope, red, right boot, left blue boot, Red right glove, white gray sock, left foot, white ankle, red white flag, bursting blue jacket, white, orange oxygen canister, back, black wool cap, red bleached green, yellow tent, white shrunken fingers, orange tent, black face, bundled black, blue rope, red, black head, orange jacket, black, blue cap, Bundled hanging black, red, brown, orange, pink, black, red jacket, right leg, blue rope, black flip phone, yellow shirt beneath brown, white, orange sweater beneath gray, white, white jacket, brown hair, green, orange, blue jacket, trash, yellow rope, blonde hair, teeth, right olive boot, left leg, black boots, half a left hand, red, black jacket, gray rope, Yellow rod, black, red, blue cap, green, orange canister, blue, green, red, orange, pink, yellow, pink, white, 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 white. Thank you. Thanks, Sasha. That was a really, <laughs> that's a really fucking great reading. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Um, that, that, was, that was really good, right? <laughs> all right, cool. Um, how are you all feeling? Do we need a break? Do you want a minute? No break? Tommy's saying no break, so he's the reader, so we're going to go with that. No break, okay. So, <clears throat> uh, Tommy Pico's IRL is line breaks. That isn't all, of course, but I think that it's a helpful place to begin to read through the fragmentation inherent in this book in the way that the reality of narration of subjectivity of the motion of the self in space or the selves begins. IRL is a book that makes me think most um, of someone like Eileen Miles' early work or Philip Whalen's Scenes of Life at the Capitol or Hannah Wiener's The Fast, that way that the manic unraveling of subjectivity produces a multiplicity of voices, the way, <coughs> excuse me, the way that it elicits the verbiage of the self from beneath the trappings of reading the exteriorized layers of embodiment. 
So I was thinking a lot today about Tommy's use of the term salt and vinegar. Uh, sometimes it's a descriptor, sometimes it's a verb in a way that produces this same layering, a film, uh, a film that runs over experience, that leaves its residue at hand, on hand, to be both used and to act as our, as on our behalves and to have and to have ourselves, me, me, meme, mem, how it, turns how it turns back on ourselves, how it divorces itself from us as violence, as it, as it is ourselves in conjunction, the self-same, the self that migrates, and the way that this manifests itself in the lines that run through much of this book, how indigeneity is actively repressed by both government and its ideological trappings, how it is forced into these spaces of forced re-education, conversion, self-annihilation, and two, where that fails, thankfully, at the site of resistance, of passivity, of refusal, of rejection. Tommy writes, static is the enemy of decision, which consequently is how my mother gets kicked out of that cult in the 60s. Do you believe in Jesus, our Lord and Savior? I don't know. Do you believe our original, geez, sin begs cleansing? I, I don't know. Say she's too much of a sheep, send her packing. In this way, the world of ambiguity has its hospitable continents. But then, too, how modalities of suffering are so often warped because of their abstraction by they who would abstract experience from causation into a sort of publicly gleeful act of self-aggrandizement and negation, and how the swimsuit does hang out over the top of the bag, and of course the question of why we don't cry more often in line at the bank. What is so phenomenal, and I realize that this introduction is beginning to feel unruly to myself in my attempt at describing and approaching this book on anything other than its, uh, in, in its totality, that desire to get all the experiential data into my thinking through it, the desire to make whole this fragmentation, to me is what uh, Tommy is doing here, um, or what Tommy is doing here is breaking the line, is breaking the metrics of linearity. It is that cutting in, that sudden repositioning of the poem that is the manic unscrolling of the feed, that suddenness, that presence of mind that is ultimately a centering of the self is a, is a struggle not for vanitas, but that he writes about in the piece, How to Pass the Time on a Holiday Commemorating the Destruction of Your Ancestors, quote, running at the gym. This may be the only thing I will definitely be doing at this exact time. I run about 30 miles a week. It's kind of about being fit or whatever, but sometimes I also feel like my survival might literally depend on how fast I can get away. I, f I, um, I like feeling assured that unless you have a gun, I can run faster than you. <clears throat> so I've thought uh, about this a lot, this passage a lot since November, and about this speed, about this need to move through the world at a speed faster than death, and to move with that as a part of the calculation of one's ontological maintenance. There's much more to say, um, but I will stop there um, and welcome with you, Tommy Pico, to the Poetry Project. Thanks for coming. Um, thanks for that beautiful introduction. So I'm going to read from you from my book, IRL. Um, that was such a lovely orchestration. I can tell why they put us together, because I also adore long-form work, and I work exclusively in it, actually. And um, there's this one A.R. Ammons quote that I'm going to paraphrase and butcher subsequently. But you know, he wrote a ton of book-length poems. Uh, something like, you know, I wish I could be a short poem, something, um, uh, something compact and distinct, but outside all day the world keeps moving. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense, man. A.R., good old Archie, huh? Okay, here we go. Anyway, so there's a word that's going to come up in this. It's, called, it's Kumeyaay. I'm from the Kumeyaay Nation uh, near San Diego in Southern California, so that's what it is. Here we go. I'm done with the moon. It's a phase. I love Leos. I hate grammar. It's grandma. Anyone who's club, who has a club, or I can't say foot, I couldn't be part of. Wait, let's go clubbing? What? Some nights I still go out, fading ecological niche. Shook like the sky and thunder. It's dead summer. Everyone's shiny. Lines from the bar get longer. Lines in my face beating time like the sun. A friend of a friend touches my face. You're never going to age. Which means I look younger than I am, but I'm also like, did she just thinner curse me? Lines are so industrious. 
always going somewhere. Sleeping alone entombs me to Netflix and palpitations. I miss being Stone Hills. I mean, cruised. I'm a sweet, authentic person. I was a dream glowing and shrinking and growing inside ancestor survival instincts. I can show you how the earth shudders before it knows it's dead, so... Who do I gotta blow to get some damn sex over here? I'm saying my land was jammed with brawny English and I'm still single. I'm not fond of mentioning dreams in poems or in bars, but I'm Uhura in a Hunger Games arena and you're Anaconda era Ice Cube and I got a crush on you. Museless, I'm useless. I have grinder and clean water. I once believed in God and comment boards. Live a little, says the tarot card passing out on top of me. Like balloons, I dreamed of one day wearing taffeta. I'm dumped for Roy Ayers. I resurrect to Karaoke Tuesdays. I Anthony Kiedis, Janet Jackson, and never miss anybody. Something tall and human at the lip of the bar. Men are so annoying, refusing to run in a downpour. I'm bellow, tickle, ellipses. I'm hidden waves of light along the outer banks of our debate. Giggle the kernel of pain into a cry later situation. I'm lines in a mirror, smile backwards. Is it wrong to say I'm bitter that there's one surviving native speaker on my res? It's time we swish to water, you say in a fit of sobriety. It's hard to see anything but blood in the tap, no an ancestor died to keep green lawns over desert sand. It's dead summer. Every lover a river of sweat in my bed. You look into the current, wonder at the banks what people think, and a strong swirling results. I say stay. I plead if that's your thing. Buoyed by pillows, by knees, I double back onto you and send your nerves shooting like a mind understanding new terms. Hold up! That's the future piping through that I'm becoming attuned to. I put my cheek to the wall. I call out for invoke if that's your thing. Muse, goddess, take my palm. Muse, fucking tell me. I squeeze my yoga term, noggin. Let go of Paisley freeways, let go of jingle dress and basketball, let go of train tunnel where something human colluded is still cooling, let go of fearing summer's downturn, let go of significant swells that write themselves, let go of climate control, 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 let go of stone mountains, remembering the world rounds. Would that saying we're doing, invoking we're curing, cutting we're outing. I'd have spelled myself home, spelled the ruptures, sutures a thousand times by now. I have a problem opening my mouth all the way. I did at the time that I wrote this. I don't anymore. <laughs> I have a problem opening my mouth all the way. The full and resonant tone can't escape until after you've opened up a little bit more. Try yawning. My singing teacher asked, do I have TMJ? No, Pam, I say. I have an athletic mind with a crushing dominion over my body, NBD. People love casting pathologies. I sing super high. That's crazy, she says. You were castrati in another life. No, Pam. In another life, I have hundreds of horses. I ferry kumiai children to school, men and women to fiestas between reservations. I weave dry leaves and reeds and branches into baskets. I loop the darker strips into lightning bolts and the cloud patterns that roll around our sacred mountain. I live in the valley of the captains. I sing bird, these epic song cycles that narrate how we got to the valley and what we passed on our way. Time to time, I scout from the mountain peak. I light a fire in my feet when the Spanish flood into the vineyards. We retreat into the crevice of the earth, but the storm, it never blows over. At the mission, I learn to read. I grow food for the priest. I scrub our shackles, for the Bible tells me so. I never liked church, but I love midnight mass. I love singing lessons after 8 p.m. I love night writing, the ceremony of nighttime, the cauldron of echoes, smells, the earth's shadow over itself. It curates an intimate thought process, a witchy kind of attention. The sun is too canine for me, drooling and, and jumping and expects thanks just for being too much into everything. I look up at blinking string lights 
crisscrossing the night sky. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Less Mary Oliver and more Mary Magdalene. In that language is a garden tended by succeeding generations. Flowers watered, weeds pulled, but words change and rules change. How hate was pronounced more like hot and really seething. I mean, seeing something adds to its poetry and then conquerors just invade the narrative and mow the whole thing, my colonial mind, so that I'm at this party shouting over uh, dubstep about Mary Magdalene and historical revisionism I heard on this comedy podcast instead of the changing nature of Frog and Kumiai trickster stories because the trickster stories are gone. I never learned them. Mary in the sense that you live your life and after you die, writing lives on says whatever it wants about you, like leaving a party alone and catching the train and remember every dumbass thing you said? Everybody hates you. They could help it, but you can't. You keep shitting. I look up and fall down because the distance between Bushwick and the North Star smacks my equilibrium across the face. People survive all the time through true horrors, Holocaust, Middle Passage, 1492, like how? I'm one of the weak ones. I cry at Beyonce songs. I see a young mom drunk on the subway throw up blueberries or black beans and her kid's son holds her hands, waves away strap hangers and forgets his happy birthday candle on the seat. The doors close at their stop and I cry for a straight week. The seam of my skin bursts open routinely. It's a condition in the valley I lived in for thousands of years in traditional times. I'm sure I would have been a mourner called on to cry because I do it all the time. I sit on the leg of my don't write it soul for hours to feel nothing. Do we deserve privacy in the age of selfies? Pardon if I don't say it, muse for a minute, a minute. If we're just giving it all away, redacted, delete status, unlike, yes, you always deserve privacy. In fact, I think you should have more. Stop fucking posting about veggies. Truly America's most disgustingly perky word and pics of your shitty jewelry tree just because you bought it online one time when you had a vodka soda with your Ambien doesn't mean I want to see it. Everything is so extra. It gets hard to know what to actually give a fuck about. It's okay to be alone versus I'm gonna die alone. Is Muse good or bad? Is a needless dichotomy of a foster god. It's hard to dislodge him, and scraping away the remnants they haven't all winded or rained away takes work. Theistic fate jammed up in my crannies, a literal church imposed onto the foothills of my landscape whispering, I know most of you didn't make it, but it's all part of God's plan. I whisper to myself, is Muse good or bad? Thinking in this way makes me, pardon the expression, want to kill myself. Good, bad, right, wrong, binary is another weapon of the oppressor. It justifies conquest and is a method to ensure survivors, if there are any, will always question their worth to literally just live. Today I'm smiling with the great poets and tomorrow I cry in line at the bank. Grinder says, hey man, what's good? I don't fucking know. Some thoughts are all you. Gigi says, this movie is terrible, duh. I'm jealous. I never think anything is terrible, duh. Take Portland, please. <laughs> Too much permission. I don't really care to sit with Robert Lowell, and I will cross the street if I see teens. But nothing is ever terrible, duh. This feels terribly dull. A white cloud in a field, a bomb goes off somewhere in the world, and I'm folding my bomber jacket with sweaty August throttling me, finally convinced the threat of polar vortex is totes past, but I'm wrong so often, we're basically BFFs. Right in me? We never really spoken before. That beautiful alien, lit from all angles, tells the funny jokes at parties. I crackle, I show off because sometimes we're in the same group at the parties. We're smoking on the deck, music thumps from the inside. Wright never looks directly at me. Wright has a crush on me, right? I'm too intimidating. Or am I garbage? Right? Can't even bother. I dance big, I resume, I bend over to pick up a quarter. And once or twice, right nods 
thin lips eking a sort of semi-smile. I'm entertaining in this tank top. I run all of these miles. I'm not dewy young, but I have scruff, kinda. I'm friends with the coolest girls, right? I want mad, passionate, constant lava. I'll hold your hands on water, nestle chins on chins on chins. Dizzy or just because? You break like scales over me. I'm brave. We're set in jello, stuffed into carpets. I fall on top of each other like snow, gentle and always a different body. We live through our bodies into the force we started as, animus. But you stub sig, tell another joke, and I get a sandwich at the deli on my way home. Pam says, go! I stand. Hands vined into each other. But is it safer for the voice to tremolo in Italian, to belt in Mandarin, to clear your throat in Aramaic? She blinks. Forget that. Learn how to get out of your own way. She plays the scales, sings them. Go! I miss the beat. But the mind is so photosynthetic, you know? She blinks. That shine when someone hears you but's listening to themselves. Think low if you have to, vertical, light, then don't think at all for God's sake. I flush like faucets that don't shut. The struggle is real on my T-zone. I'm friends with all the coolest girls. They know something I don't. I'm a killer because of what's going into my body. And I wonder if that input that don't say piranhas of don't say biting self-criticism will ever change. That, <laughs> okay, that's cool, Pam says conjure a garden, but you can't be thought to sing like Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been gone, blast through the sound system at Urban Outfitters where I try on black jeans in secret. Don't tell anyone I'm at Urban Outfitters, got it? They, say na they sell Native American shit and I have a reputation. Like Narragansett? How fucking disgusting. Naming a beer after an Indian tribe? That company is pure scum. I mean, I'll have a Gansett because that shit's tasty cheap, but I at least have the good sense to hate myself. These black jeans don't make me feel like garbage because I've been running, but also I don't feel anything from the waist down because they're laid down to zip up tight. <laughs> the stars are anxious. What version of yourself do you see when you close your eyes? New pants, like new glasses, like new haircut. You walk around like a boss, bird-chested for a day or two, like everything writes then always come back to you. James is hot, it pinches the neck of his tee, flutters it fast to let air up and into the Manhattan of his chest. Tonight is the third anniversary of the day Amy Winehouse died, and I still can't look at pics of her without crying. What gives, or rather, what saves? Jesus saves or doesn't, art saves or doesn't, money saves or doesn't, I'm spent. Amy Winehouse died, asks James. I blank blank. I turn to Boyd. They, the gendered they, smoke lots of weed, so we talk about consciousnesses flowing through bodies into new bodies and permanence and knowing each other a hundred years ago. The thing about they is resisting the fallacy of knowledge, a kernel, a mooring fact that people need in order to know you, bouncing off body and into sprightly idea, which I'm not altogether comfortable with existentially, but discomfort, instability of terminology, curiosity, respect, faith, new kinds of sense, a shape forms around wisps in the darkness, attracting stars and sits next to you. These are the currency of our exchange. It's very star-flung. In college, in the library, I leaf madly through this cross-indigenous anthropological survey that claims extra-gendered identities for a smattering of tribes, including mine. And I wonder about two-spirit traditional roles and how would it have sounded coming from my grandma instead of this white anthropologist. I sit swaddled in the beanbag in the 24-hour reading room and shake and just believe. Whatever kumyai word for they, Catholicism, erased, assimilationist, homophobia, a word I'm not attuned to because I'm hearing slap, cat, scream, thump, thump, party outside my window. I am the window of my tribe. I lift the house of goddess. I am a new ward, draining, bleeding out. Hello, I sit down. Is this ad relevant to you? 
We would like to enhance your ad-watching experience. You're a garbage person if you can't take a good photo is the underlying message of gay culture in Brooklyn, the concept of fame in the United States. I hate having my picture taken, I say to this photographer at this party, because every damn party has to be photographed, otherwise it doesn't happen, and because the parties are so boring, if people weren't posing, there'd be nothing to do but drink. It's too loud for convos, and they don't let you dance in the city. He says, oh, come on. And I say calmly, no. And he asks, is this an Indian thing? Like, does a pic steal your soul or something? I want to crumple him up into the palm of my hand, but I guess it is an Indian thing in the sense that I'm Indian and I'm doing this thing. <laughs> Posing for pics is like not being able to stare into the sun for too long, but kind of the opposite. The blank black lens crystallizes the uncertainty within. Is this good or bad is a sentence in a fight, and I hate confrontation. Why do I have to take sides? Switzerland has the strictest privacy laws on the planet, and I have the flyest tank tops in America. Somehow I feel good about it. In Kumyai, there's a concept for in-between. Not knowing how to smile, how you look bent over a book. Waking up on either coast feels the exact same, and sometimes you wake up not knowing how old you are, and if Johnny is down the hall in a robe making eggs. Future leaders are whooshed away from the tribe in a sort of boreal way to feel the greater world, stone hills, etc. This is back in the day. This in-between is like, gangbusters for Muse. It's like catnip to Muse. It's the throb of light in between the two of us, just the two of us, you and I. I rub Muse my neck. I'm clenching my jaw for like 20 minutes waiting for this damn photographer to take this damn pic. In between Kumiai and Brooklyn, that it has a word. Even if the word is lost, even if the word doesn't exist, even if I'm lying to you, it's breath tethering. It opens a throb of light inside me. I don't have the option of keeping my God alive by keeping her name secret because the word for her is gone. Keeping secrets is not possible, so I give everything away. I'm out here all alone trying to wad up enough obsessions to replace her, and with it, my God, I never got to know her, but strangely, Sometimes when I'm cry laughing at that scene in Still Magnolias or I can't sing the part in the Beyonce song at karaoke where the music gets all soft and I try to croon, oh baby kiss me, Maude has to take the mic because the feeling gets bigger than my voice and the feeling, I think it's her my God's shadow walking down a hallway away. But like I said, I lost my voice and I don't know her name. Maybe it's Washi or Pemu, says this Claire audience to me, apropos of nothing. But I'll never know for sure, so I can't call after her. And then I'm like crying at a Beyonce song. Are you kidding me, Teeps? Get it together, bitch. My dad grows his hair long. Black waves cascade down his back because knives crop the ceremony of his mother's hair at the Indian boarding school. And I cut mine in mourning for the old life. But, but I grow my poems long. A dark reminder on white pages. A new ceremony. I grab the mic back from Maud. I flip for a new song to flip across the karaoke screen, fist breath low and ready. And Jane's is finally following me back on Instagram, so I take a somewhat risque selfie and send a DM and right after message, oops, oh my God, I meant to send that to someone else. Gosh, so embarrassed, oops. He responds with a pic of his computer screen, his phone number on it, so we text, and he's like, come over. And I'm like, well, do you have AC? And he says, yes. So I just straight up drop the mic and leave. Thanks. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org.